today we've got uh, the honor of hearing from someone uh, from our church. Uh, he's continuing on on the topic of Micah 6 8 that we've started last week. And um, his name is Mao. So, everyone give Mao a massive welcome up as he comes to share. Thanks, Benito. I've never had such a good welcome. <laughs> How is everybody this morning? Glad to be in church. Great. Yep, good stuff. Just before we get into the word, just something I'd, I need to inform everybody. Um, in April this year, it is the 70th anniversary of church on this site. So for 70 years, we've had a Baptist church here on this site, not necessarily this building, but on this site. And on around about the 9th of April 1953, this all started on a tarpaulin out there somewhere where the car park is amongst the box thorns with a gentleman by the name of Ivan Lohmeyer who called together the children in the area and started a Sunday school. And from that, we've had 70 years of church here. That's fantastic. So to celebrate that, on uh, the 9th of April is around about Easter, so it's not appropriate then, but on the 16th of April, I think that's the right date, isn't it? On the 16th of April here, we'll have a fellowship lunch after church. So more information about that to come, so watch this space. But I think that's something really worth celebrating. Unfortunately, we don't have any, well, we do, we have one uh, man who is still alive from that day, but he was an infant at the time. And that was actually Ivan's son, Jeff, who was a pastor here at one time. Um, but other than that, all the originals are gone, but we can still celebrate uh, the, the work that they did back then, which is still going on and God's not finished yet. Amen? Amen. Okay, this morning we've got, uh, uh, our, continuing on with our topic from Micah 6.8, um, so our first verse, is that on? Oh, here we go. Okay, Micah 6.8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us instructions for life, Lord. You've given us these things that we need to do that you require of us. So, Lord, as we explore these further today, I just pray that you will bless each and every heart here. And, Lord, that you will have something for everybody that they didn't have when they came in the door. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When Ben asked me to preach on this, normally when we do a series and he gets people to preach on various parts of that series, he gives them a scripture. He gave me two words. I didn't get a scripture. So I went looking for a few more words and I looked in the Amplified. And the, and the Amplified says, He has told you, O man, o man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you except to be just and to love and to diligently practice kindness, compassion and to walk humbly with your God, setting aside any overblown sense of of importance or self-righteousness. That's from the Amplified Bible. So the words that I got to preach on was love, mercy. What does the Lord require of us? He requires us to love mercy, not to just do merciful things, not to just display mercy, but to love mercy. So let's remind ourselves of Matthew 18, 20. 1 to 35. Who knows what that's about? Come on, all you Bible scholars. 
It's a story about the unmerciful servant. So he's going to tell us what not to do. When the technology works. There we are. We're there. Okay. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what, he had, what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In, his anger, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Folks, we are those to whom mercy has been showered upon. Let's ask ourselves, who do we need to show mercy on? Who do we need to show mercy towards? How can you take a loving mercy pattern an everyday attitude as part of your worship to God. Our key scripture this morning says, love mercy, even if somebody doesn't deserve it, that we are kind and forgiving. So let's have a look at a few more scriptures. See if I can press the right button this time. Okay. Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Matthew 6.12, forgive us our trespasses, even as we forgive those who trespass against us. Matthew 7.12, so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. John 13.34, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. John 15.12, my commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Romans 13.10, love does not harm a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the Lord. And Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. When Ben asked me to preach and I had these two words, my first thoughts were, okay, I'm going to have to work on this. But do you know, the whole message of the Bible is love, mercy. That is the whole message. It was not hard to find a number of scriptures and there's lots more. I only stopped at seven. 
I could have gone on and on. We could have been here till six o'clock tonight reading scriptures along those lines. The Bible's full of them. If you want to do a bit of a study, that's a good study to do. Go looking for all those scriptures. Love mercy in Micah 6 is not that we just be merciful, but that we love mercy. Many versions of the Bible translate this word, the word mercy as uh, kindness or something similar. And rather than Greek of the week, we're going to have Hebrew of the week. The word for mercy in Hebrew is chesed. Can everybody say that? It's a C-H, so you go, go chesed. Um, that's the, the Hebrew for, uh, for mercy. But it's such a rich word and it's virtually untranslatable into English. Now, everybody knows that the ancient Greek is very complex and words like love, for example, uh, in English has four translations in Greek depending on the context that you're going to use it. Well, guess what? Hebrew's worse. <laughs> Hebrew is more complex than what the ancient Greek is. So the word hesed, let's have a look at it. Hesed means kindness, mercy, unselfish goodness, love, faithfulness, loyalty, covenant love. Martin Luther said, perhaps it is best understood as the Old Testament version of New Testament grace. It is God's undeserved goodness to us. And that's grace. So not only does God want us to love mercy, he wants us to love grace. Now, we can have lots of discussion on what is grace. So anyone want to perhaps offer what do you think grace means? Now, we have an acronym that says God's riches at cross expense. But what else does it mean? Anyone want to have a guess? Yes, to receive what we don't deserve. What else does grace mean? Yes? Sorry? Forgiving people when they hurt you, yes. Humble, yes, these are all very good. So let's just turn that a little bit and let's say grace is when you treat someone better than they deserve. So he's saying, I want you to love mercy. I want you to love grace. I want you to love treating people better than they deserve. In a sense, what we were talking about last week, about justice, this is another step. This is the next step on from that. Now, last week, I was talking about justice. Now, the, the Hebrew word, another Hebrew of the week, is mishpat, which is Hebrew for just judgment or justice of God. And it's talking about making sure people get what they are due. Now, that's good when it comes as far as things like uh, talking about fairness, talking about pay, talking about accurate weights and measures, making sure people get what they are due. But God says here now, don't just do justice. That's a good place to start. But go even further and love mercy. Go beyond just what somebody is due and give them even more 
than they are due. Give them grace. Treat them better than they deserve. Now, of course, some people take, sometimes people take the wrong view of justice, kind of a cruel delight in seeing people get what they deserve. You remember the old eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth? Um, the justice system used to have capital punishment and in some countries they still have capital punishment, but, but we don't here in Australia. But here in Australia we do have, anyone heard of trial by media? It's, it's a rife, especially social media. It's even worse. So people declare others guilty regardless of even if a court of law um, vindicates the accused, some people pass their own judgment based on bias, hearsay and assumptions without knowing any of the fact. In fact, they're probably saying, we, are, we know better than the judge. The judge and the jury found them innocent, but we reckon they're guilty. Uh, I've seen that on social media a lot. The Westminster justice system, which we use, says innocent until proven guilty. It also says the burden of proof is on the accuser. But all too often the world, and in particular social media, ignores that and basically declares that an allegation equals guilt. That's pretty hard-hearted, isn't it? Sometimes we see a cruel spirit of justice just like that. They got what they deserve or let's give them what they deserve. But we need to be very careful with that because what we don't want is for God to give us what we deserve. So God says, oh, well, you remember that parable we wrote, read a few minutes ago about the unmerciful servant? So we really don't want to be doing that. So God says, don't just love justice. Don't focus on justice. If we just focus on justice, we're not seeing God's big picture. Instead, he says, love mercy, love grace. Enjoy and take delight in treating people better than they deserve. perfect example of that happened on Friday night. Our oldest daughter, Danny, turned 40 on Friday. Makes me feel real old. And she wanted to have an extended family dinner at a venue in the city, which we went to. And Monica and I had discussed, what are we going to give her for her 40th birthday? And we thought, well, we'll give her a voucher for that venue. And so... I. Monica said about trying to make contact with the organisation and they didn't really respond but they responded on the Friday morning. So she sent me the email that they'd sent so I followed that up and found out yes they do do vouchers and all that sort of thing. So I tried to follow their process because you've got to do it all online, you can't, you can't just sort of do it. I tried to follow their process and did everything that they, they expected me to do and got an email back saying yes this is alright so when you come in, just pay for the voucher and you can give it to your daughter. So we got there and I asked for the, the person I'd been dealing with and uh, she'd gone home. She knocked off at five o'clock and I, I missed her. But the venue manager was there and uh, so I, I mentioned to him and he said, oh, well, I know nothing about it. I said, oh, well, I should have come in earlier and, and paid for it. And he said, oh, he said, well, I can't make you one up the moment for the value that I was after and um, so I said oh well don't worry about it then he said well do you want to make it $50 I said oh no don't worry about it it's too hard I'm too late he said no 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 he said I'll tell you what he said I'll give you a $50 voucher and I'll take $20 off you 
So we got a, value, a voucher for, for her for less than half price. He treated me better than I deserved. He didn't have to do that. But he did. He showed grace. And that, that was a blessing. That was a fantastic blessing for us. History tells us that Julius Caesar, although sometimes he was ruthless, was actually known for the grace he showed his enemies. Most military generals before Julius Caesar, when they had conquered an enemy, they would kill the king or the general. But Caesar's policy was that when he had conquered an enemy general, he would show him grace and forgive him in the hopes of making him an ally. His people said he just loved showing grace to those that anyone thought he should do away with. A couple of times he forgave a king who turned on him again and everyone said now he's going to give that king what he's due. He would defeat the enemy again and then forgive them again. One of his generals was, is quoted as saying, nothing was dearer to his heart than pardoning suppliants. That means those that are begging for forgiveness. Caesar just loved showing grace. Now, I, when I studied Julius Caesar, I thought he was a tyrant, but apparently he wasn't. So I got that wrong. But the message there is that this is how God wants us to be. He wants us not to just do justice, not to just practice justice to people, but instead, let's get a kick out of showing mercy and grace to them. Let's learn to enjoy treating people better than they deserve. Let's love mercy. Let's learn to say, yeah, they hurt me when they did that, but you know what? I'm going to forgive them. Yeah, they said some bad things about me, but I'm not going to speak ill of them. Yeah, they deserve to be punished for this, but I'm not going to do it. No, he or she doesn't deserve for me to give them anything, but I'm going to give them something anyway. So how often do we find that kind of conflict in our mind where somebody has wronged us and our immediate reaction is, oh, I'm, going to, I'm going to fix them, I'm going to get even with them. It's too easy to do that. What God wants us to do is look beyond that and look at blessing them anyway. Showing mercy, loving mercy. Let's learn to enjoy not just treating people justly, but to relish showing them grace instead. Love mercy. Now, someone might say, well, why should we do that? Why should we treat people better than they deserve? Well, there's only one reason for that is, and that is that that's what God did for us. If we are Christians. None of us deserve what we have as Christians. We don't deserve to be Christians at all. If we think we deserve to be Christians, then we got it all wrong and we're not humbly walking with God. And we're going to hear about more about that next week. Everything about being a Christian is due to the mercy and grace of God, not anything we deserve. When God created us, he did not create us as slaves, but as sons and daughters of God, made to delight no, too far. Made to delight um, in his presence and glory. That was grace. In John fifteen fifteen, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. 
Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You know, the very first time that we ever sinned against God, he should have judged us immediately. We should have been judged and sent straight to hell. But we weren't because God showed us mercy and grace instead and he continues to do that. When there was no way for us to pay for our own sins, God sent Jesus to pay the price for our sins by dying on the cross so we could be forgiven. For it is by grace you have been saved, and this not from ourselves, but is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We can't boast. We didn't work on salvation ourselves. We were given it. Now, we have to work out what goes on after that between us and God. We have to be able to understand what it is that God's done for us. We need to find out what his will for us, but he gave it to us first by his grace because he loved mercy. We didn't deserve any of it. Could the band come back, please? Perhaps we could have all eyes closed. It's time to do business with God. We are not saved because we're better than anyone else or because of anything we earned or deserved. The only reason any of us are Christian is by God's mercy. Now God says, if you have, been, if you have received my mercy, then I want you to show how much you appreciate it by turning around and showing that same grace to others. Love, mercy, delight in being gracious to people and treating them better than they deserve because it reminds us all that God has treated us better than we deserve. And it is also a witness to others of what God's mercy is like. We do pop up here on Wednesday nights and I and no doubt many others have been asked, why would you guys do this? Why would you go to all that effort to give us a free meal? Now that opens the door. When that question gets asked, that opens the door to introduce people to the love of God, to the mercy of God. It's an extension of God's love. God showed his love to us and so we want to show his love to the local community. And we'll take care of their meal on Wednesday nights. It's only a small thing, but it's something we can do together as a church to demonstrate how we love mercy, how we love grace, and how we can do something for the community because God has first done it to us. God's grace to us is always the basis of the mercy we show to others. The reason we give others mercy is because God gave it to us first. God wants us to learn to delight in showing grace. Love mercy, love grace and let it remind us and others of the grace that God first showed us. So as a church, what does that mean? 
On the wall in the foyer as we come in, there's a great big sign. It's the motto of the church. That sign is not on the wall because a handful of people decided that they wanted to practice sign writing. That is on the wall because it is a statement that says, it's an active statement that says that we love the community and we love giving mercy just as Christ gave us mercy. So let's remember that without without God's love of mercy for us, we wouldn't be here. God had mercy on us when he could have blown us all away, but he didn't. He had mercy on us. He gave us eternal life and he gave us everything we need to live a life according to his will. So I wonder if the musicians could sing something for us, please. Just ponder that and think about what God has done for you and how he has shown you mercy.